Hello, may I welcome you to episode 41 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight into others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. I would just like to take this opportunity to personally thank every guest that has appeared on Moving Matters to date, as well as you, our listener, as we have surpassed 10,000 downloads of the podcast, a superb milestone. So thank you one and all. I truly appreciate your listening ears. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his career within the industry some 30 years ago, starting as a warehouse packer before progressing to operations manager and more recently company owner. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story. My guest this episode is Daryl Baker, Director of Humphreys Removals. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Daryl. How are you today? Good afternoon, Colin. Thank you for letting me come on your podcast. Yes, welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you for being a guest. Can you tell everyone about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Well, uh, I've been in the industry 30 years, and obviously my name's Daryl Baker, as you've just introduced me. Yeah, so 30 years and still enjoying it. And how did you get started within the industry? I never sort of intended to get into removals. It was always my big interest to be a professional footballer. So from the age of four, scored my first goal on a Sunday morning, and I do remember that goal. I think it's probably the only goal I do remember, but people probably will say that it's probably the only goal I did score. (laughs) That is what I wanted to do. So at an early age, that was it. I sort of didn't want to go to school. I liked infants, I liked juniors, but I didn't really like senior school. So mum and dad decided to put me in a senior school that was a rugby school, not really football. That's that odd-shaped ball thing, isn't it? Yes, that one that you pick up and run around with. So that weren't my that weren't my forte. But but because I was quite quick and I was obviously good at football, they thought they would stick me on the wing in rugby. Where I thought, well, that's all right. Give me the ball. I'll just run, not realizing that you know you would get hit. So and that sort of that sort of put me off rugby and wanting to go to school. So I've left school at fourteen, still pursuing football. Went to Oxford United for sort of a couple of years on and off. My brother at that time was at Aldershot Town. So he was into football as well. So he's five years older than me. So he was like playing Division 4 for Aldershot Town. And I was at Oxford, but only YTS. Yeah, yeah. But then got injured when I was 16, when I was there. And that finished that career when it came to football. I thought, oh, what's wrong? My dad sort of at that point owned a printing company in Slough. So I think he felt a little bit sorry because the reason why I done my injury was I was playing for his team on a Sunday, which I shouldn't have been. <laughs> I think he felt a little bit sorry thinking what I'll do is I'll give you a job at my printing firm, which was really nice because it was, it was all cash, got used to the money. That was really nice. And then Charlie's at 17, my dad passed away. Obviously the incentive there for football went and, you know, the person that always pushed me towards yeah. football wasn't there anymore. 
so carried on obviously the printing when my dad was still alive and at that point it goes right okay I bought a calf you're going to go in it your brother's going to go in it it's obviously my brother at that point he decided that football weren't for him he had found women and drink and that sort of thing I think he thought it was George Best but he definitely weren't George Best so yeah my dad bought a calf and goes right you're going to run that so we sort of looked at him and thought, you're mad. But, you know, he bought this calf on this waste disposal site for £250, this old battered caravan. Next minute, the week after, he installed all these new benches and seats and everything and then goes, right, there you go. There was us three, like, trying to, you know, serve 200 people a day coming into this waste disposal calf, serving breakfast and then lunch times and that sort of thing. And then doing that that's when my dad died and then it was a case of what do we do from here because he was the person who got us into it so my brother and my mum stayed on there but I saw an advert in the paper again for printing so I went back to the company where my dad owned and went there for about another year right and got made redundant but I was living in Watford but I was traveling over to Slough every day which obviously weren't ideal so I just wanted to get something in Watford and that's where Humphrey's were advertising for a warehouse picker so I thought that's Watford I might have a chance of doing that so I went on a on a Saturday I met Robert Anderson and basically it's do you like football yeah I like football who do you sport he sport May United I sport QBR and he goes right okay you got the job so I went right okay when it start Monday so I started there there Monday I was sort of picking leaflets for Hearts Tech and Welcome Foundation and banding them up, putting the boxes, and they got delivered out. And then the next step after that was I was doing the boxes and then I was allowed to deliver them. So I was doing that for about a couple of years. And then I went on a forklift course and got the forklift license and into the warehouse and getting containers out and loading the vehicles. And then from there, it went to loading the vehicles in the yard because he used to send like five vehicles a week over to Europe went on you know the odd removal and then the next thing on top of that they got moving story you know the the show yes. well, that was store that was filmed at Humphreys at Humphreys yes I do remember that yeah I do. that was filmed there so that was great having them come in and us trying yeah. to teach them how to carry boxes even though the boxes were empty elite removals wasn't it yeah elite removals that was Warren Clark Philip yeah. Davis they had two seasons in Humphreys, so that was quite an eye-opener. Yep. They were coming in doing that, and then the guys were going out in the vans with them and telling them the sort of lingo and <laughs> what to say. So I was doing that, and then Glenn said to me one day, he goes, how do you fancy going from what you're doing to operations manager? So I went, right, okay, so that's a big step, trying to organise all the guys on the vans and then putting each van to the job. So how old were you when you when you became operations manager? Then, operations Carl? manager, I was probably about 20, about 28. Cool. I've done export wrapping courses, packing for overseas, packing jobs up, they're going into a 20-foot container or a 40-foot container scan over to Australia. So you used to have the Australian High Commission contract. So that was like one container a week that was going out. So, and then imports coming in as well, you know, unloading the containers in the yard, probably three containers a week coming in from Australia. Yeah. And then they get sent out to, you know, all different destinations in the UK, mate, you know, some out to Europe. So, yeah, so I was doing the transport manager part. And then Glenn said to me, do you fancy coming out every one day and going on estimating? So 
I went, yeah, that, that'd be a bit different. So I tried that when I estimated his course over in Harrow. So I've done all of that. And then Glenn said, right, you've done your one. He goes, you're out on your own now. I went, right, okay. So, <laughs> you've done your one, you're on your own. Yeah, that's it. I, I, done wow. one, I, I remember doing this one call. It was in Carpenter's Park, just outside of Watford. <laughs> right, we got back to the yard. He goes, how was it? I said, yeah, it's all right. So he cubed it up, I cubed it up. And I was four cube out. And he goes, right, that's it. You're good enough. You, you can go out now. So probably the guys go at me going out estimating now. Probably go, well, I don't know who taught you because you still can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I've done, I done the estimators course, <laughs> done all of that. And it was good for me because obviously doing everything within the company, I don't think there's anything else I couldn't do apart from be the managing director or finance director or anything like that. Everything else was chucked to me and I, you know, and I, and I done it. And then there was one occasion where there was a meeting that was held within Humphreys and they decided that there's probably about 18 guys at that point and about, I would say probably 12 vehicles and come in and said, right, that's it. We're putting the plug on everything. And I thought, oh, that's good. I've done all that training and everything. And they said, obviously, all the guys going, the vehicle's going, but you're staying. You're staying to build up the removal side. And I was thinking, well, that's going to be quite hard to actually build up the removal side with no vans, no men. Are we going to just sort of get sack barrels and just do the odd furniture up and down the road? And I said, no, you're, you're, you're going to build up all the contractors that you can get together locally and nationwide and get them to cover the work for Humphreys. So that's all I've known for the last 18 years of working for Humphreys and then two and a half years ago had the opportunity to buy Humphreys. Glyn gave me the opportunity, me, me and my wife Joanne, who does the accounts, to take over the company and we sort of thought about it and we thought, mm, don't know, I don't think it's for us, we haven't done this sort of thing before, you know, what if it don't work out and, you know, talking to people in the trade, I thought I might maybe going in partnership with somebody doing it, but then speaking to really good friends that I've got within the trade, they said, just do it. If there's any advice that you need, we're here. There's nothing different to what you're doing now, apart from being a, the director you get in the work in, general wife does the accounts, I do the day-to-day -day running of the business, and we don't have vans and men. All my work is contracted out to companies that I've been dealing with the last 18, 20 years and built up a really good relationship. And they sort of keep the same family values as what Humphreys used to do back 50, 60, 70 years ago. So, you know, and it's so such a privilege to take over a company that's been over 100 years and still got a great name in Watford. So how are you finding it, being your own boss? <sighs> Actually, it's all right. You manage your own time. People will say that you don't do a lot, but I, 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 think, I, I think I do. But people don't see you doing the things behind the scenes. That's the oh, thing. That, that's it, yeah. That is it. It's very different because Humphreys back in the day used to go out at estimating. I used to price the job. Job would come in and it, it was nice seeing her. But now everything's yours. You yeah. know, what, what comes in is all yours and it's all the hard work that we've done over the last two and a half years to get where we are and to keep all the relationships going with all the companies that I built up this for the last, as I say, 18, 20 years of, of doing this with no vans and men.
if it come to the point down the line, I might get a van for myself for a packing job. But in the way of vans and men and going down that route again, I don't think I will because I've got so many good companies that I work closely with that I know can cover the work for me instead of trying to employ new guys. And I just know that it was a headache back with Humphreys back in the day. And that has taught me to just rely on good PAR companies that I've worked with over the years. So what sort of services does Humphreys offer now then? Obviously removals, but is it domestic, commercial, overseas, European? We do domestic. We specialise in long distance because obviously in Watford, I've got companies that I work closely with and we tell the customer that we can save up to 30% on the removal charge because I've got companies down in the West Country. If I can get the customer to get a completion day on a Wednesday, Thursday, all they're doing is paying for that vehicle to go back where it come from. Yeah. So as soon as you mention the 30% in their head, they're thinking that could be new curtains, that could be new carpets, because the money that they're saving on, you know, on a long distance move could be quite a lot with the diesel cost and, you know, someone going down to West Country and coming back again. Can't be that much, Daryl. They only want to pay 250 quid. <laughs> I, do, I do try and push in the 280 and take 30 pounds out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, you know, so I specialise, I say specialise, you know, that is our niche market in trying to push for moves so we do local moves in Watford and Hertfordshire I do worldwide moving but our niche market is Malta uh, I do a weekly service over to Malta wow and Gozo uh, I do a weekly service over to Cyprus north and south I do the Canaries I do mainland Greece and all the all the islands as well basically anywhere that's where Justin taught me back in the day he goes there's an agent in every country yeah so if anyone's got a job for you just see what you can do. And that is what I've sort of built up. Someone comes to me and say, can you go there? I say, yes, I can. I won't turn it away. I will obviously get all the information that I need. I've got agents in every country that I deal with. But our niche market, as I say, is Malta. I do a lot of private work and also do a lot of trade work out there. As you have no trucks, how do you get around telling the client that it won't be your truck that will turn up to move their effects? Or has that ever been an issue? Or yeah, it, it was an issue at the start, back in Humphrey's day, where, where we were sort of new to it. Yeah. A company would turn up and it wouldn't be our vehicle. Yeah. They knock on the door and say, it's such and such here for Humphrey's. And then we get a phone call to say, there's someone trying to impersonate you <laughs> under a different company. <laughs> and then trying to have the awkward conversation and go, oh, um, I didn't tell you. Didn't, not as I didn't tell you. Because we were new to it, we just thought yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. Your move's going to get covered A to B. A company will go in, do exactly the job as what the same job as what we were doing, but it weren't our vehicle. You always turn around and say, as a BIR member, we've been going 100 years. It's companies that we've been using for years. I always say to them, you know, if you do want to look them up online, you can vet them yourself. I don't sort of hide anything from the customer. You know, I always put it all out there in front of them. Actually, when I'm doing the survey, basically, it's really picking a removal company who I think could actually cover that move as it needs to be covered. And I just know who to give the work to, to make sure that everything goes swimmingly. I think as long as you're, you're up front with the client, right, from the word go, then the client shouldn't really have any problems, shouldn't they? No, no, as long as you don't hide anything, then that is what I've learned. And as long as you're honest and up front with the customer, everything's fine. So as I say, the all BAR members that I use, so they do turn up and they've got everything in front of them that they need to, to actually carry out the job on Humphrey's behalf. Super stuff. Yeah. 
So what challenges have you had to overcome? Challenges had to overcome was obviously COVID hitting after taking the company on, which obviously was a big, big headache because didn't really do anything for three months because all the companies that I used, you know, they all shut down as well. Yeah. I expect them to go and do work when <laughs> their own employers weren't expecting them to do any work. You know, I've done the odd one or two jobs here and there, but if I remember rightly, they were over to Europe. Done one or two domestic jobs, but apart from that, didn't really do anything for three months. And the other thing, which is the stamp duty, yeah, that sort of hit us. In a good way, I would hope. Uh, not really, because with the stamp duty, everyone was so busy. And because I haven't oh, got bands of men yeah. trying to get work covered that I was getting the phone calls for, that was the biggest headache. So if I could get like four weeks notice on a, on a job, that would be ideal because then people would be able to do it. But I was getting like phone calls up in Scotland. I was getting phone calls down the West Country. Now it's all okay because everyone's sort of gone a little bit more quieter and I can get work covered. Yeah. But obviously with COVID and then that hit, it was a, a double whammy. But still going strong. Still everything's uh, hunky-dory. So, uh, yeah. So if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? I thought long and hard about this question because it's the one that uh, I, I was stumbling on. I don't think, personally, because I started right at the bottom and I worked my way through the company to where I am now, I don't think I would change anything because everything that's thrown at me, I, I done. Like packing courses, estimating courses and on the vehicles and loading vehicles and going out and nights out and working till whatever time at night. I don't think I would actually change anything of my moving past because I think it's quite enjoyable. You're not the only one that says that. Seriously, you're not the only one that says that. There are a few people that wouldn't change anything. Things happen for a reason as well. Yeah. You clearly started right from the bottom, worked your way up. People don't realize that just how diverse the industry is from outside the industry, that is. Yeah. Yet there are so many different avenues that you can take in this industry. We, yeah. we, need, to, we need to get this through to the youngsters at school and say, come on, come and join our industry. You won't just be loading a truck every day of the week. No, you that, can be doing all sorts of things. Oh, that, that is it. Every, every job is different. Every job's different. Every client's different. And it is a great job to get into. You see so many different parts of the country absolutely or, you know, Europe. but it's just it's just the hours it's the nights the ways and that sort of thing that you've got to get your head around you. but that's changing now isn't it yeah do yeah. you not find that that's changing that people don't want nights out anymore they want to be home with their family they want to be home with the wife they want to go out with the guys for a beer in the evening they don't want to be working till eight nine o'clock or sitting in a truck stop with poor facilities they just no, don't that just want it no, that is it. And the trouble is with removal, it depends when you get the key as well. You're not guaranteed to get the key as soon as you get to the house. Exactly. So that's the other thing. And that's the gripe. It's that Humphrey's bad back in the day, getting phone calls up. I've got to be gone by five. I've got to be home. My wife needs to be home by five. And they're thinking, but, you know, this is removals. It don't work like that. But no, as I say, it's a great job to be in. And there's so many great people in the removing industry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your high point of being in the industry? The high point is actually taken over the company. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, that is. <laughs> we'd be disappointed if, if I didn't say that. <laughs> but no, that is the, the, the highest point of, of, you know, you can't go any further. 
that is that is it <laughs> unless my wife buys me out or <laughs> 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 well, she does what i do and i do the accounts as i say another high point is just the people as i say going back to the people in the industry the friends i've made the contacts greg wildman's a great friend he's going to want me to say that oh isn't he ever <laughs> He'll be milking this now as he's walking in the morning. Hi, Greg. I know he will. I know he will, yeah. Danny Pollard also. And <laughs> and just the people, you know, I've built up a relationship with the, you know, the ones that have helped me through the last two and a half years. I'm going to say some names in Siddle, Del Grant, Matthew Schofield, Adrian Pretlove, Danny and Jamie Wells. So, you know, there's so many people. I'm, you know, if I've missed all them, characters. Oh, yeah, all 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 uh yeah, character, you can say that all sort of individual characters and you know everyone's just got a good word to say about everybody and the help that we've had for the last two and a half years after we've taken over i don't know if there's any other industry that we actually give you the help that you want and just want to help you succeed and i think that's because at the end of the day the removal industry is full of family-run companies yeah that's yeah. what it is at the end of the day it's family-run yeah. companies and that was so nice actually taking over Humphreys because that was still a family run company. Yeah. Uh, and knowing the values that they had within the industry and Glyn was so well known and well liked. And, yeah. and to actually take over a company like Humphreys that never thought I'd get the opportunity to do and to actually do it. Yeah, that is, I still sometimes pinch myself to think, <laughs> is it really true? You know, I wake up in the morning and thinking, yeah, I do own the company. I do. I, I've just got to answer to myself now. That is it. <laughs> It's a great feeling. When, when it's your company, it's a great, great feeling. Yeah, that is it. And if you do want to have a go at yourself, you can. Or if you don't want to have a go at yourself, then you just leave yourself alone. Lock yourself in a room for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and just stare at the mirror and have a go at yourself in the mirror and say, what can I do right? So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's very rewarding, I must admit, very. So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? The one thing I would change is... Probably what a lot of other people say is the public's perception of removals, thinking it's quite a straightforward, easy job when it comes to moving. Because I think as a member of the public, they probably think we can hire a van, we can pull up outside our house, take the door down, walk furniture out. And the amount of times I've been to a house, done a survey, and then we moved ourselves last time, but we won't do it again. And the amount of times I've thought I've heard that, it's such a hard job and you give a good price and then the next thing you do they try and knock you down and we've had another company come in and they charged 350 pound on a job and you're trying to charge 750 you know what you're up against so i just think the public have got to realize that it's not just a straightforward easy job it is a very professional job and hats off to the guys that do it i've been there on your the occasion but to actually do it day in day out is is hard and the other thing that i wish i had changed i wish i'd had the company 10 years ago instead of two and a half years ago <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah okay so perception yeah how can we change that because there were two things that you mentioned there obviously one is public perception they don't realize the value in moving but the example that you gave, you know, like your 750, for example, and the other company's 350. Why is the other company so much cheaper? I mean, it's still moving the same amount of furniture. It still should be the same amount of people to do the job, should be the same distance. Yep. Why are the costs not so much closer? 
I, I think with, with myself, you know, I, I get quotes from other companies and I've got to wait for those quotes to come back before I put my quote out to yeah. the customer. But, you know, all the, all the people I've, that I use, all their guys are fully trained, they're yeah. vetted, they've been on packing courses. So obviously all that comes into consideration when it comes to quoting myself. Their costs might be higher than the companies that have gone in at £350. And back in the day, you know, Humphreys used to say, you know, you could walk into a pub and say, right, I'll give you 60 quid and you can come out in the vans for a day. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that's changed at all in the way of. Probably do it for 50 quid now. <laughs> yeah. 50 quid and a pack of pork scratchings. <laughs> Scampy <laughs> fries, if you don't mind. Oh, oh, Scampy <laughs> yeah, fries. Oh, like, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that's where, we're, but it's really just going in and, and selling yourself and the company to say how we are different to the companies that will obviously offer that service because they might do a great job, but we've got to really try and sell ourselves you know, as a company and push ourselves to why we do charge what, what we want to charge. But that's up to me when I go out and sell under Humphrey's umbrella as such. But we've also got to go to these smaller companies that are going in at 350 and saying, what are you doing? You're not making any money. Yeah. As I say, they, 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 they might be making money because as Humphreys back in the day, they'd probably do about four or five jobs a day, that same crew that would go around. But they would sort of be like a sofa and off, a table yeah. and chairs that, yeah. and go around and make their money doing that way. You know, when it weren't so busy on the moving side, they would, you know, they would do you know those sort of jobs to build the day up for the guys yeah, yeah they just sort of concentrate on those sort of smaller moves and then make a percentage out of each one which you know which they're happy with as i say i haven't got vans and men so i haven't got the overheads that the likes of all the other guys that that i use because hmm. they've got their storage facilities they've got the vehicles they've got mot's they've got to pay the guys they've got to do you know everything on top of that so it's a bit different for me, knowing what headaches that the other guys you go through and, you know, talking to all the guys when you just go to BAR conferences and that sort of thing. It's the first thing you do is obviously have a drink. That's what you <laughs> first do. That's the first thing you do when, oh, here, here comes Dale. Right. Okay. Let's get him that in. Right. Okay. They knew what my drink was. So, you know, you sort of get around that talk and then you will get on to things about removals, which would last probably about five minutes. And then it would be again back to the bar and, and, a, and a drink. When you go into a BAR conference, you don't check in first. You do go and have a drink, and then you yeah, check in afterwards. That, that is the case normally goes with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, so as I say, I'm not in the BAR at the moment, so uh, that's going to be the next thing to do. So Good, good. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry? Starting out in the industry, anything that's chucked at you, in the way of removals, warehousing, forklift driving, class one, class two, seven and a half ton, packing, pianos, everything. Just take it on board. Anything that the company is willing to invest in you, just do it. Not saying I didn't because I did, but you know, I'm just thinking as you were saying about getting the younger people involved. If that was the case and you started on the vehicles, and the company wanted to invest in you, which a lot of companies do invest in younger people now. Yeah. And I think that is the best way forward. Just take everything on board that the company is willing to put you forward for and just do it. Because as I say, it's a, it's a great job to get into once you get, get into it. Thing is, once you're in this industry, you can't get out. No, that's it. You are part of the furniture. 
you, you literally are the part of the, I, never, I, I don't see myself 30 years down the line still being in the industry, to be quite honest. And I'm still still doing it. So where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Let's start with yourself. You mentioned the BAR. So yeah. I, I clearly guess that there's an application going in at some point. There, there, will, there will be. There will be. But obviously, in five years' time, I would like to get more contractors on board. Yeah. Not ones that I haven't used before, but ones that I have, I have used, but I've just got to get them more, more involved. Right. You know, not saying I'm going to do anything with the core that I've got at the moment because there are a great bunch of lads that I work with. More overseas work. So building up a good relationship with other shipping agents for more destinations that I want to cover. And then going back to the BAR is getting back into the BAR because I think Humphreys needs to be in there after all those years. I don't think at the moment we've lost anything from not being in the BAR in the way of work because of the family name. Yeah. You know, as Humphreys and, you know, all the guys that do the work for me, all, all BAR members. So I do sell that quite well. So that will be the next point is getting Humphreys back into the BAR. And industry-wise, where do you see the industry in the next five years? For me, it's not going to be any different because I haven't got the vans and men that if there's changes, it's the other companies that will obviously make those changes and yeah. let me know. But as I say, with the industry, it's going, to, it's going to get harder. But, you know, that is why I now I've got to diverse in doing other things in the way of more shipping to different destinations and building up relationships with other companies within the UK. But I don't know if there will be more changes, to be quite honest. I'm intrigued with the overseas because from what I hear, overseas shipments are shrinking and therefore the market is shrinking. Well, at the moment, it's, it's hard to get containers out to the States because obviously the backlog in the ports. Yeah. So that's a big headache for me at the moment. I've got jobs sitting there that want to go and basically they can't go at the moment because there's no no space and you know the shipping lines aren't taking new work on so that is why the Maltese market is quite important for me because I do a weekly service out there so at the moment that is very buoyant I'm probably doing between 15 to 20 shipments a month to Malta which is good when the domestic market isn't as busy as I'd like it to be I've got that to fall back on so because of Brexit Everyone was sort of, you know, what we're going to do. But now everyone's got their head around bricks in the paperwork and the customers formalities. That sort of has picked up again. So, you know, which is good. So all my agents deal with all the customs formalities and, you know, all of that as well for me. So that sort of come back, which is good. So what do you do outside of the industry to switch off? I bet you get less time now you're, you are your own boss. Um, no, I don't actually. Because oh. no, I, I can manage my own time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a season ticket at QPR with my son. My dad took me first when I was four to QPR. So, and that is what I've done with my son when he was four. I took him and the first game we went to was a 3-3 draw against Norwich. And I think he thought, oh, this ain't bad, actually. 3-3, first game, I'm four. And now he's 22. So... <laughs> Yeah, so, we, so we've got a season ticket there. Could be worse, Daryl. It could be at Wimbledon. It could be Wimbledon, and I think they're fifth from bottom. Yeah, but if you turn the league upside down, they're higher. They're higher. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, so, but they're not, though. Sorry, so, Greg. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Greg. 
so yeah, go to football. I like I like collecting trainers. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Trainers? Yeah, I've got a trainer collection. God, I'm intrigued. Why trainers? I don't know, it's just something I've, I've always got into. So I've always liked my trainers and... What, like the Nike Airs and things like that? Yeah, Nike. All, all, all different. Wow. So, yeah, so I've got all different ones. And then my son's taking the trait on now. So the, <laughs> the wife is like beside herself of just boxes of trainers everywhere. It's basically just like walking into JD Sports. So, <laughs> that's what it's like upstairs. Greg's got me into watches. Oh, you're not in the watch gang, are you? Nowhere near what Greg has got. But I've got your one or two now, which I like. Clothes shopping, I like socializing going out and and then obviously the biggest thing is spending time with the family yeah if it wasn't for joe then i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing for Humphreys. yeah so yeah it's uh it's just nice and you know just having a bit of downtime as well and you know when it does come back we can go away and we used to like having mini breaks so hopefully that will come back at some point as well so yeah so outside it's basically basically it's football really <laughs> good man good All man back to football well finally i'd like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story do you have one or more to tell i have one i as i say i wasn't out on the vans as much as you know everybody else so funny stories probably i haven't got as many as everyone else but one springs to mind where one morning I was out with this other guy. We went over to Shrivenham near Swindon and we was on our way to pack up these three jobs for three air commanders that were going back to Australia. So got in the transit van, got all the materials together. So off we went halfway through the journey to Shrivenham. He goes, I've got to be gone by two. I said, why is that? He goes, well, I've got a concert to go to at the Hammersmith Odeon and I'm seeing Roxy Music. I went, right, okay. So we got there. The jobs that we got there to do were a lot more than what we anticipated. As they always are. As they always are. And I didn't actually estimate these, so I can't actually... <laughs> so so it, was, it wasn't me. So, so we got there. We was obviously on the first job, got that done. On the second one, he goes, right, that's it. I've got to go. So I went, right, okay. If that's what you've got to do, he goes, I'm going to thumb a lift. I went, well, I can't be going nowhere because I've still got to get these jobs packed up. So off he went. He got an actual lift from someone within the camp to the hard shoulder of the M4. Wow. So I packed the last job up, got everything in this transit van, but I had items in the passenger seat, with the seat belt round in the, in the <laughs> footwell, like it was packed to the gunnels, the van. So it, it was about half past three that I left there in the end. And I got on the M4. And who was on the M4? <laughs> <laughs> still, still Mr. Waiting. Roxy Music himself. <laughs> he was still waiting to actually get picked up. Oh no! So, and at this point, I couldn't do anything because the van was full. <laughs> so, so I sort of just gave him a little wave as I went past. I did pull over, and he sort of ran up me, goes, "Oh, perhaps you could give me a, a lift to Heston or somewhere." Like I said, I said, "I don't think I can." I said, "The van's full." He did manage to get there, but he said he had to change in the queue to actually uh, go with his wife to the concert. Well, serves him bloody right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So you're in the wrong job. 
Why, and again, why leave at two? They're not on stage till nine o'clock. Uh, no, I think he wanted to get there and have a drink with his wife. I think that's what it was. But Roxy Music, mm, don't know. Would I have yeah, Probably I'm, not. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, mm. I thought, no, I'd have stayed. I'd have stayed. <laughs> Daryl, thank you very much for being a guest on Moving Matters podcast. I truly appreciate you giving up your time today. No, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 41 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Daryl Baker of Humphreys Removals for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Daryl. If you would like to know more about Humphreys Removals and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving. <laughs>